Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radically Loved. I am so beyond excited for our guest today. She is a New York Times bestselling author. She's a spiritual guide, a meditation teacher, and she is probably one of the most, how do I say, like, one of the most inspiring and just grounded forces in our modern world of spiritual teachers. And she is just such a force. I love following her on Instagram. And I just finished reading her new book called You Are More Than You Think You Are. And she's here today. Kimberly Snyder, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Rosie. Thank you so much. What a beautiful intro. I'm so excited we could get together. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's so, I mean, as I, I showed you and I'll show everybody here too, there was so much that spoke to me reading this book. Everything, I felt like you were talking to me directly. Mm. And as I, I shared with you, we have a, a similar introduction to the teachings of Yogananda, but most importantly, I think I'd love for you to share with the audience, like this is now your seventh book? Sixth book, Sixth yes. Book? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. And to me, like this just felt so deep, you know, not that your other stuff didn't feel deep. Definitely don't mean that, but I'm just saying like, for me, maybe where I'm at in my life, it just felt very... Yeah, it felt very deep and very needed. And everything that you talk about, you know, about our thought patterns, especially with what's going on in the world right now, I felt like this book is exactly the medicine that we need. So what inspired you to write this book? Okay. So great question. There's two little subparts of that story. The first one, Rosie, is, you know, I share this in the first chapter that when I was starting out, when I was graduating from college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. At one point I thought I might be a doctor. I went in with a partial science and math scholarship to college. And then I interned in a hospital one summer and realized that wasn't my journey. So then I started, I saved up some money. Then I started backpacking and I thought it might just be a few weeks, but I ended up doing it very inexpensively. And I bought a car in Africa, for instance, and I lived out of it for seven months. And then I sold the car back. I was in Asia for 18 months, just living, you know, again, a few dollars a day. And I was, again, looking back, I was seeking something. I was seeking, you know, relief from my anxiety and my insomnia and my extreme self-doubt. And I had grown up in a almost completely, well, hundred percent, pretty much Caucasian white town. And I'm, you know, mixed race. And I never kind of felt like I fit in. And I also had a lot of bloating issues and acne and constipation. So I was just not comfortable in myself. So I was, you know, traveling and traveling and I ended up realizing that I could do it a lot. I could extend it because I was doing it so inexpensively. 
And the place that had the biggest impact on me was India. So the first time I went, I went for three months. And then I had this ticket where I circled around and I went back for another extended period. And it was here, Rosie, that I started to learn about yoga and meditation really for the first time. And, you know, as we were talking about the very, um, the going to the roots of yogic science, which is so much more than the poses, yes. it really teaches us how to concentrate our energy and withdraw energy from being so involved out here into finding this real place of power and connecting to the true self. So I found the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda in this little bookshop in Rishikesh. And so I was starting to work with these practices. So fast forward three years, you know, at the end of three years, I come back. I had been doing the practices at this point. Still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was broke. I had no money coming back, but I kind of gathered enough to sublet this place. And I went back to teaching yoga asana. So I was teaching and then I was going back to nutrition school. And then the crazy thing, Rosie, is it was like these patterns started to emerge. And it was like these teachings were really helping me to create something out of nothing. You know, I didn't, like I said, I had these experiences, I had these ideas, but I didn't really have a set direction, but it was like I stepped into this flow. So I was like, oh, I'll start this free WordPress blog. And the only person I told the blog to was my yoga students. And then it started to spread throughout New York City. And then my first celebrity found me. And to this day, I don't order, I don't even own a TV. So I certainly was not trying to get into that world. I got on a film set. I started working with different actors and then more. And then it was just like growing organically. And then I was going on Good Morning America regularly and Dr. Oz. And then the first book deal came. And this is why I tell you the story, Rosie. The first book deal was a manuscript that I put together called Catching the Fire. And it was a travel memoir. And it had the, a lot of the teachings of this book. And my first publisher was HarperCollins. My first editor was Sarah. And she looked at my website and everything. And she's like, oh, she's like the food and the recipe stuff is really taking off. So why don't we do a food book first? And then we'll do this book second. So that was exactly 10 years ago to this year, Rosie. And so that was my first book was called The Beauty Detox Solution, which, you know, did really well, sold like a million copies. So the second book, they wanted to do a food book. Then the third book started going back to this holistic, you know, more spiritual perspective. It was about chakras. It was called Beauty Detox Power. And the fourth book I wrote with Deepak Chopra, which was about Ayurveda and spirituality primarily. And then the fifth book was about mind body. And then this book, this book, Rosie, is the my full playbook. This, it just came down when I was 34 weeks pregnant with my second son. And I was like, okay, this book wants to be written. I think I signed this book deal three days before I gave birth. Oh, so it was like, it wasn't like I, I planned it, Rosie. It's been germinating in there for years. I've been wanting, you know, I always want to share um, with people what has helped me the most. And these teachings have helped me the most as far as create real awareness and confidence. And, you know, the longest chapter in the book is called You Are Creator. It's chapter 19. It's how we take our individual gifts and really channel them, create them into form out in the world. Yes. And anyways, I'm so excited. It just felt like this book wants to be here now. So yeah, well, that, was, that was, and it's amazing. You know, like I was introduced to you with that first book with, oh. that you did with Deepak Chopra. So that's how I became familiar. And then I got all of your other works. And so they're all still very much you, right? Like I definitely feel you in each one, but this one, yeah, this one definitely feels very like, this is how it's almost like the, how to apply that 
practical, magical grounding in your life so that you can create that life that you want. And, you know, you really go into talking about how our thoughts make that happen, you know? And I think it's the thing that we neglect, not neglect the most, but I feel like our thoughts are so powerful. Our words are so powerful. And the fact that you called this book, you are more than what you think you are. Like that to me is, yes, so true and so good. And I love that the download came in when you were pregnant. I want to know like that moment. So I'll back up for, yes. you know, people that are listening to this <laughs> podcast, we have a lot of people that are going through a transformation, right? People that are, you know, wanting to find exactly what they want to do, or they're doing something they're not completely happy with, or they're utilizing this time, this upheaval of the last two years to restructure their life. And so the search is always, what is my purpose? What am I here to do? How do I find that creativity? And so I love, you really speak to that. So For the people that are listening that are wanting more guidance, what would your advice be? You know, like how do they tune into that part of themselves? So thank you, Rosie. The first thing I want to point out is as well is the subtitle of the book is Practical Enlightenment for Everyday Life. So thank you for pointing out that word. It is very important to me that this book is a guidebook. It, you know, it teaches you practices that you do and techniques and teachings for really creating in your life. So, you know, I would read something like Eckhart Tolle and I, I love him very much, but I feel like, well, this is, you know, I love the philosophy. I love the idea of it, but what do I actually do? do with this, right? So this whole book is, you know, these short chapters are centered around the core teaching and then they include the practices of how to hone in, how to be more magnetic or how to create that real sense of deep, deep, unshakable confidence. And so it's all around the central theme though, which is really connecting with the true self. So I think when people are searching for purpose or they're trying to create what they want in their life, we need to talk about this first and foremost. You mentioned thoughts, right? So thoughts can be supportive, but they can be unsupportive. And what I mean by that is back to the title, let's go to the root. What, you know, you're more than you think you are. What do we think we are? Most of us think we are this shell. So the ego, what the ego can see in the mirror, you know, everything we sense with the five senses. So the ego is like looking out, what do I look like today? What are people doing out here in the world? What are they doing on social media? It's always just like out here. And so this is what Wayne Dyer calls the less than 2% of who we really are is this outer shell of looking and doing. The true self is this formless part of us. It's this stable, courageous, infinitely creative, intelligent part of us. So it is the voice of our intuition, of our gut. It's the voice of our heart. And so this is the part of us, Rosie, that we, um, yoga science teaches us that is our true identity. This is this eternal part of us. We can call it, you know, the spirit individualized inside of it, the soul, the part of the universe, whatever language we want to use. But when we start to tune more and more into this part of us, which is usually dormant, because a lot of us are attached to identity and these primal fears out here, 
The thoughts that come from out here, the ego are often fear-based, Rosie. They keep us small and limited. They tell us, it's trying to keep us safe in a sense, the ego is, but a lot of it is based on limitation. So like, who do you think you are? You know, look at this and you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough or you're not smart enough. All the, so the thoughts are tricky. What connection to the true self does. And we do this through stillness. There's also practices like in the um, confidence chapter, a 90 second practice to come back center. Do you find yourself comparing? So what this teaches us instead is that, oh, there's a deeper place that I intuit direction and, and you know, I find the answers and the solutions. The solution isn't the same place as the problem. The problem is like, oh, out here, you're not enough. You're not skinny enough, blah, 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 blah. So let me try to work harder. Let me do more. Let me do more dieting. Let me shine this up versus, oh, let me connect into this deeper place inside of me. And from the inside out, I transform my life from the inside out. I create So what does that mean in a practical sense? It means, first of all, we need to balance our time in outer doing and these practices of inner connection. So for instance, in the morning practice that I teach, hot water with lemon, you know, putting something nice and nourishing in your body with vitamin C, and that is, you know, the heat helps um, stoke agni, digestive fire. You're taking your SBO probiotics, and then you're meditating. So it's not just these physical things, you know, heating up the water and squeezing the lemon. You're doing things out here, but even more important is taking this time to connect. And the practical enlightenment meditations that I teach are, you know, seven, eight minutes. You can sit longer, but it's time to tune inward and to withdraw the senses and to connect in. And it's so practical for being able to listen to your intuition, being able to listen to your body, to know when you're really hungry, to know what foods you need, to know which relationships are toxic and which are nurturing. So when I started to do this and when I, you know, when I see people start to just make these little steps, Rosie, just seven, 10 minutes, you start to see these big shifts happen over time because now we are working with energy in a different way. We're not just giving away our power all day, you know, all these alerts dribbling in day in and day out. And, you know, maybe I'm doing this this morning, but we have a real rhythm. Like every morning I meditate, I sit, I call on my energy. And then if we have more time or what I recommend is, you know, for anyone out there that's trying to figure out a solution or what direction or what their purpose is. And there's a lot I say about purpose in the warrior chapter, Yes, in your warrior's creed. But even in the beginning, Rosie, just outer doing, inner meditating, and then in that potent space after meditation, when the thoughts are a bit more settled and we're more here in our center versus out here in the peripheral nervous system, it's a great idea to pull out your journal and to you know, ask what is the best thing for me to work on right now? How can I use my energy? Like, what does the world need right now? How can my energy work with the way of things? We could say the will of God or the greater good. So we're not just trying to, I think a lot of times we try to manifest very specific things that aren't really in tune with the whole. And it's just more arduous that way. So we also want to learn to unite to yoke our individual will. Yogananda calls our dynamic will with the greater flow and energy. And then things amplify like bananas. Then we start to really see um, how powerful we are at manifesting. So I could go on and on, but yes, like Rosie, there's a lot of yeah, things. No, and you can. I mean, we live for <laughs> this like, information. This. Yeah. I'm like, this is so good. I mean, this really, it's what we love. I mean, that's the whole reason why we have this podcast is because we are just so so committed to this information. And 
you talk a lot about discerning that power, about being able to discern, okay, how much of this is the ego or how much of this is my actual intuition desire. And so can you talk a little bit more about that process for people that are just beginning to say tap into that? Yes. Yeah. So let's just say like you're, you're listening to me right now and you're like, yes, yes. The voice of the true self, which guides you. Like I was saying, when I stepped into a flow, when I got back from backpacking, it was like, you know, before that it was all this like pushing and like overstudying. I was obsessed with achievements and having perfect grades. So I was like, stay up all night, keep going. Right. There's this pushingness versus when you're living from your intuition, there's, you know, it's like this river that's just kind of flowing. And I really do believe that we can hone that in all of our lives. We can learn to live more from our intuition, but especially in the beginning, like I said, the ego is tricky. The ego is like a, like a trickster. So it starts to put these fears in our mind. And then we start to say, oh yeah, you know, I want to be meditating, but actually I need to do like five more things on my to-do list, or I could squeeze in these three emails or whatever it is. So it's like, we can't go to our thoughts because our thoughts are going to be unreliable. So what's one clear channel that we can start to rely on, especially when we are starting out the body, the wisdom of the body. And what I mean by that is we can start to very simple. Let's say, you know, you just want to see, is this, you know, is this the path or is this isn't to me, it boils down to, am I an ego or am I in the true self? And you check in with your body. And if your body is feeling expansive, open, right? Like there's just like a a looseness, like this expansive energy because the true self is expansive, right? The oneness, the love, the compassion keeps expanding. The, the, just the connection between us keeps getting expansive, expansive. So that's the true self. If you start to feel constrictive, let's say you're in a conversation and it kind of like, you know, maybe people aren't feeling that good that day. So it ends up being gossipy or like talking shit about people or whatever it is you will feel in your body. Mm, this isn't in alignment with my true self. So you'll feel constricted. You'll feel a tightness. For me, it's usually my upper abdomen, but sometimes it's in the heart or even in the shoulders. So you can start to tune into your body in any given moment. Am I in true self? Am I radiating out? Am I feeling expansive or am I feeling constricted? So by nature, that feeling of constriction is mirroring what is happening. Just means we're identifying more. We are aligning with the ego versus with the true self. So in those moments, we want to make a shift. We just want to pause. Oh, I'm identifying with the ego this moment or this thought is of fear. This is of the ego. We need to pause and recognize what that is. We start to link that feeling in our body with what's happening and it starts to become easier and easier to center ourselves back. Take a few breaths, remind ourselves, get up, maybe change the environment, take like a five minute walk or go to the bathroom, shift the environment and then come back here. Sometimes I like to feel the bottoms of my feet or my hips on the seat. And I just remind myself, you know, we're here. Love is here. Connection is right here. I don't want to be out here like plotting in the future, in the past, you know, ruminating like this is here, right here, right now. The true self is here. So we use these practices to keep correcting time and time again. Yes, that's so, it's so good and it's so true. And I I love the very tactile experience of what those differences are because oftentimes people don't know how to discern that. And I think that's a a perfect way to describe the difference. And I could actually feel it even as you were talking about it in my body, as you were describing it. 
From head to toe, your body's made up of trillions of cells which are busy performing their specific functions to help keep you healthy and resilient. To keep up with all the work, a sufficient supply of an essential molecule called NAD Plus must be maintained for cells to perform their normal functions, which include creating ATP for cellular energy, repairing your cells, and supporting healthy mitochondria. When I learned what lifestyle factors are the ones that decrease your cells NAD Plus supply, I was absolutely stunned. These factors include alcohol consumption, excess sun exposure, poor diet, and even some environmental factors like pollution. There's been over six clinical human trials that have demonstrated that daily supplementation with NR, known as niagen, can safely and effectively elevate your NAD plus levels, giving each one of your hardworking cells exactly what it needs to perform its best. Since taking Trinagen, I feel at peace knowing that it is researched by the top scientific institutions in the world. Right now, new customers can save 20% on their first purchase by going to trueniagen.com forward slash loved and use the code loved. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com forward slash loved and use the promo code loved to save 20% off of your first purchase. trueniagen.com forward slash loved. Use promo code LOVED. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's amazing, this work, Rosie, it just, it gets deeper and deeper. Um, and one thing I want to emphasize is that it's experiential. So you mentioned you felt it in your body. And as we go through these practices and we learn, you know, how to do this, this work, it does take a little bit of work to align to it. But I promise, like, people say, is this going to take work? I'm like, yes, but I, it's, I can almost promise. I can almost guarantee it's not more work than you're already doing. It's just a shift of focus, but it's not something you can just read about. So I want people to read the book, but actually apply the practices and you start to see this energy shifting in your life. So for me, Rosie, this is years ago, I was in India and you know, it's like it comes, you kind of like go in and out of the practice over time, I think, especially when things are going well. But one of the things that I describe in the book is my rock bottom moment or period, which was about four years ago. And when you go through rock bottom, that's when you, you know, it's like you either believe in these practices or you don't. And so that was my period for really diving deep in. And I would say the genesis of this book really started then deeper than the version I was going to do 10 years ago. I'm glad I waited. But in this, in this period, Rosie, I was a new mom. My son wasn't a year old. And then we got this cancer diagnosis for my mom. And it was like, what? Like Christmas was here. She was normal. And then February diagnosis came. And then in March she passed. So it was like, boom, six weeks. And then after some period after that, it just, you know, just for different reasons, wasn't feeling right. wasn't working out. So then I moved out on my own. So it was like, I was a new mom. I lost my mom and then I became a single mom. And so it was during this period that I got the advice from a monk, actually from the Self-Realization Fellowship. And he said, Kimberly, he's like, just treat your home like an ashram for five months. This is pre-COVID, right? So this is like a self-imposed isolation period. I was taking care of my son. I was doing my work, doing my podcast. But other than that, I just went deep into all the ancient texts. I read the Upanishads, the Mahabharata, Rumi, the New Testament of the Bible. I was just, the Bhagavad Gita, I was just reading and reading and meditating, Rosie. And it was, it was this deep period. 
And I described this in the fearlessness chapter. And what happened at the end of the five months was I rose up out of that period and out of the grief and out of, you know, the bewilderment of like, this is not how my life, you know, I didn't think it was going to turn out this way. And there was this, this real sense of trust for the first time. And I didn't realize I didn't, I didn't have a trust issue. I had, I didn't realize I had a trust issue before, but it was manifesting in trying to control things and keep things safe in the world in all the ways in which I think a lot of us do. And this trust just came with this resiliency of connection to the true self that I believe that everyone can develop. And the reason I share this, Rosie, is so powerful when we transform our lives from the inside out and everybody can learn to connect more with the true self. So not only did I feel trust, but I felt wholeness. I felt I was you know, complete for the first time. So then I was like walking around the world, not trying to get stuff from people mm. because I think we give our power. We're trying to get love. We're trying to get validation. We're trying to get compliments, people to agree with us, to see our opinion, to see us. Instead of trying to get stuff, we can show up in this fullness, this real abundant energy. And instead that's magnetic, that pulls things in. So some months after that period, I was just well going around and I actually went to this random um, dinner party with you know, someone that had come on my podcast. We did this podcast exchange, someone I didn't know very well, Rosie, but I was like, okay. So there's 12 people and one of them ended up being my husband, John. So I was like, if I hadn't done this, this work about tuning into intuition, so I was living more from this place of sensing and feeling energy versus the overthinking, okay. overanalyzing ego, John probably would have gone right by me because in my you know thinking ego brain, oh, he's not my type, right? Because he's covered in tattoos, gold grill in his teeth, I'm plant-based. He's like a huge meat smoker and like <laughs> motorcycles, MMA. It's like this guy couldn't be more different. But it was like this, this pulse, Rosie, like, oh, like, you know, it's like when we do this work, we start living in a different, just like a different dimension. It's, you know, quantum physics is teaching us. We just don't see with our physical eyes. We have the vision of the third eye. This is the this is the real sensing. This is intuition. This is how we live life from a deeper place. Yes. So I sensed John and he sensed me, even though he said he would never get married. And so, you know, long story short, the third day we met, he told me he loved me. <laughs> you know, it's just rolled along. But I just, I just, I bring this up to show how different life can be. And, you know, for me personally, someone that was so riddled with anxiety, insomnia, controlling things, playing safe, all this stuff. It's like, no, we can transform form. We can show up. We can claim that soulmate love. We can claim more, whatever it is, prosperity, financial abundance, opportunities. You know, I think about where I was when I came back from backpacking, Rosie, I would get um, three oranges for lunch because they were a dollar. And I read a study that oranges kept you the fullest of any fruit. So I was like really living on the edge to, you know, being able to really create this life that I wanted to create. Yeah. No, it's possible for everybody. Wow. Oh, Kimberly, literally so <laughs> inspiring. I love that you shared that story. There's two questions I have, and one of them pertains to going back to that type of thinking. What do you do when you say, okay, I've committed and I'm I'm going to make my environment into an ashram and I'm really going to do these practices. I'm going to take them to heart and I'm going to practice them every day. What do you do if you're in a situation where the people around you aren't supporting you or they are doing the, who do you think you are? Yeah. 
what do you do with, how do you manage, how do you deal with having somebody like that in your life? Well, I'm a big believer in healthy boundaries, first of all. And remember that boundaries aren't about keeping out what we don't want, which is how I think we we look, a lot of people look at boundaries. So there's more of this resistance yeah. energy versus boundaries are to keep in what I want, right? So let's say, you know, the goal is to treat your home like an ashram and to create stillness and space. Like that is what is important to you. And that's what feels right to you. So in this case, you can either, you know, depending on the situation, depending what, you know, what's going on, you can express it to that person, be like, okay, you know, it's really important to me. I'm prioritizing. This is my meditation space or this is my time. And you can really state it from a place of clarity, but always keep love in your voice and firmness, but really just let it be known like this isn't a negotiable thing. And so you're not really, when you come with that clarity, it's not inviting in no questioning. Like I'm not asking for your opinion. I'm sharing this with you. And so if the person says something sort of derogatory or negative or whatever it is, it's sort of like, you know, knowing the the true self and this power of being grounded, knowing you do not have to defend yourself. You do not have to explain yourself. And this person does not have to get it. And that's really what I started to realize this power of autonomy when I was connected here. I used to spend so much energy trying to get people to like convince them like, oh, this is why I don't have dairy. I got a bunch of studies, right? Or like, oh, you know, this is this is what I believe. And now it's like, no, like it's here. This is what I'm living. This is my truth. And I'm sharing this with you. But when we come with that strength, Rosie, it's people respond differently because a lot of the ways that we give our power away, if we're not clear, I'm not looking for your approval here. I'm just sharing that. And sometimes we don't have to share all the details with someone if they're not really in a place to understand what's going on, you know, limit the information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm with you on that. I support that 1000%. I love what you said about instead of thinking of boundaries as sort of like being on the defense, pushing yes. out that something requires more energy because I feel that could also be daunting for some people that have issues setting boundaries. I like the idea of thinking about it as conserving the energy or the prana that you already have. Yes. Right. So conserving as opposed to, oh, now it's going to take more energy for me to push this energy away. Exactly. And this also comes from this deep place of deserving that I think is also really important that we start to embody, which goes to confidence, which maybe I could touch on that for a second, Me Rosie. Too. I get a lot of questions and I'm sure you do too about I'm not confident or I'm not feeling good about myself or all this stuff. And again, the root issue of all these confidence issues goes back to, am I identifying with the ego or am I identifying with the true self? And if we're identifying with the ego, we will never be sustainably confident. Why? Because our looks are always going to change, right? If I'm confident, oh, look at my great eye makeup today, or my eyelashes are looking amazing, or my hair, whatever. Guess what? The next day, you have a really bad hair day, whatever, right? Or you gain the weight. Or for me, when I look back, Rosie, it was like, oh, I was confident because I was number one in my class. You know, I was the smart one. It was always about these achievements. But then as time goes on, oh, maybe someone else got a better grade, or maybe someone else did it. So it's always this, you know, what I say in that chapter is the surface confidence that tends to get, we get dinged around a lot. We may feel good one day. And then the next day we're like, oh, I just saw someone on Instagram and she is way more fit than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so all this out yeah. here. 
So it's like layers of an onion. We peel away and peel away. Like, what, what's the real confidence? What should we really be confident about? And so it comes down to this core statement that I love very much. And it comes, you know, ancient, ancient story when Moses, by the way, Moses is the name of my second son. Moses asked the Almighty, you know, what, what is this? What, what are you? And it was the one statement, Rosie, I am that I am. So think about the power of that. I am that I am. So in the, in the very core sense, we are who we are. This is it. So I'm confident because I am alive and breathing and I'm a unique creation of spirit. I am. So when we get down to that in the meditation, the practices in that chapter about really rooting into this core part of us that no one can take away. Nothing can be compared from this place. It will not age. It is eternal. It is powerful. It is already ours, Rosie. So it's not about getting confident from shining up the surface. <laughs> you know, we'll shine out here. We can play with those things. We can have fun. We all like makeup and stuff like that. But that shouldn't be where our self-worth derives from. It comes from this inner place. And so as we anchor more and more into this place, day in and day out, we just show up with a very different frequency that people feel. It draws people in like, oh, what's, what's, what's she up to? What's going on there? Because it's this deep sense of naturalness. It's this deep sense of comfortability. There's an easefulness and easefulness and being relaxed does attract more in. There's more harmony in that. So projects tend to work out easier. There's less blocks in, you know, with management and things like that. I see it play out in businesses and with clients and people all the time. There's just this you know, again, going back to expansion and oneness and connection, we're more connected to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So then we're more connected to the whole. Yes. Oh, Kimberly, I want to continue this conversation <laughs> forever. And I am also a big fan of the Feel Good podcast. So oh, everybody, yes. So everybody that's listening, please check that out. I want to be respectful of your time. And all this is doing is it's creating the opening for you to please come back and have another oh, conversation wonderful. with us. For people that are watching this or listening to this podcast, where can they go for more information? So the book is out this week. You are more than you think you are, which you can get anywhere. Books are sold, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, so on and so forth. And then all the information on me can be found on my website, mysaluna.com. That's S-O-L-L-U-N-A.com. So it's my um, full wellness brand. We have the Saluna Circle, which is our mm -hmm. online support program, Feel Good Podcast. We also have amazing supplements, high-performance skincare, digital courses, so on and so forth. All of the tings are there, everybody. <laughs> we will we will link that in the show notes. If you're watching the video on YouTube, it'll be in the description below. So please be sure to check it out. I want to just take a brief moment before I ask you the final question, Kimberly, like all of the work that you've done, all of the books that you've written, and this one specifically, as I said, it really spoke to deep in my soul. So I know that you were in that deep grounded place when you wrote it. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of me and all of the entire Radically Loved community. We're so grateful for you and we're so grateful that you joined us today. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and the work that you continue to do. Thank you so much, love. I took that in. I appreciate it so much. So the final question is in regard to how, not how, but why we created this podcast. 
We created Radically Loved as a place for people to go, to get inspired, to feel supported. And the idea is that we are radically loved by God, source, higher power, whatever you believe in, the universe works for you and not against you. And so the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? Wow. In my day-to-day life, I can answer it. I can take it anyway. So for me, as I mentioned, I, I always thought that love was predicated on doing. You know, I think, you know, as we all have different ideas that we form as children. So for me, it was, oh, I do stuff and then I'm worthy of love. Mm-hmm. So for me, radically, feeling radically loved, this heart bursting open, unconditional love has come from this practice of tuning in from meditation, from this yogic path of really, really understanding. There's a radical understanding there too, that we need to do nothing for love. It's not about the doing, it's just being who we are. This, again, just this drop of consciousness, this unique essence, and just being here right now in this fullness of this moment and finding love not for doing anything or anything having to be really like special, but just being here now. (laughs) And it's such a beautiful gift of all the things in the world, just having more love and having more access to the peace inside of us is the best thing. And so I just, you know, I want everyone else to have that experience too. And then I think the world just becomes brighter and brighter and brighter, more connected. Oh, so beautiful. Please. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for being on the show. I'm so grateful. (laughs) And the name of the book, again, is You Are More Than You Think You Are, A Practical Enlightenment for Everyday Life. And please pick it up. A link to buy the book will also be in the info button. For everybody that's listening and watching this, we did buy 10 copies. So we will be giving away... Kimberly's like, yes. So sweet. I had no idea. We will be giving away 10 copies to the first people who tag both Kimberly and I on Instagram stories. You know how we like to do these giveaways. So we're very excited to hear what you guys thought. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get these podcasts. And again, Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, Rosie. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and such an honor. So much love. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.